What's up, everybody? This is The Hot Tag. I'm Christy Francesco, and joining me this week is my illustrious wife, uh, Morgan. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. Thank you. That's well. I'm happy that you're doing good. Today we have a packed show. We have uh, one of my good friends, Darren Potts, or Potsy, as I've known him now for over 15 years. He's going to call in uh, later on near the end of the show to talk AEW wrestling, uh, uh, WWE wrestling and also uh, his YouTube page he's a big gamer and uh, he's pretty well known uh, he just had a, a video of his on Twitter uh, go viral went over 5 million views within I think like three days it was incredible but also our uh, Ramblin Ricky our producer of this fine program uh, will be on uh, just after this segment here we're gonna be talking Harry Potter he just got done if you're wondering why we're talking Harry Potter he just finished reading all six books is it six books or seven books seven seven books right yeah there's eight movies that's right so all seven books and then but he, he like me like a lot of people he watched the movies first so I wanted to get a bird's eye view I wanted to get a fresh uh opinion on the books and the movies and ricky is a film major uh in college or was a film major in college um a great speaker also uh, just a really good friend so i'm really looking forward to shining a light on ricky so uh, that's a little bit later uh, but however we are going to kick things off here talking uh with like i said with morgan we're going to talk a couple things here so one i just want to say this i i just finish i was downstairs um my wife was upstairs watching the bachelorette or whatever she was just watching on netflix always be my maybe and always adorable. be my maybe and it was adorable okay so i was downstairs uh, one of my best friends of my whole life uh, is home he's in the military and um we were just downstairs and when you are great friends with somebody for 20 years you really don't need to entertain so you just sit there and you watch movies so we just so happened to watch um the first wolverine and Morgan, I want to ask you, um, how when you when, when I watched that movie just now, how great would it have been if at the time that Wolverine was made, if it was able to have the Disney budget? Like, do you think well, that matters, or it's it just is what it is? I think it's less about the budget and more about the screenwriting, what it comes down to. Okay, I think the Disney production machine is incredible. Mm -hmm. Everyone. Oh from start to finish and while yes budget would be helpful i think the wolver i think all of the wolverine movies in general would have been a little bit better if they you know i think it came down to the screenplay logan was great i thought logan was really emotional and really it was tense. dark i personally personally didn't like it because i don't like things that dark and intense mm -hmm. especially when you're so used to seeing that character in a different way like mm -hmm. it just was almost it was unsettling which I agree I think it was that was a feeling that it was supposed to give you yeah um so Logan was great but the Wolverine the Wolverine movie and then the X-Men Origins Wolverine movie I think I think it was less about budget and more about screenplay okay so do you think there's any chance at all we see another Wolverine appearance under the Disney umbrella. I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow get him to do a cameo because he's he's a Hugh Jackman just the man. The the man and yeah. he's not the kind of guy who at least from what I've heard and what I've seen to you know kind of be like stuffy and be like oh no no I'm done like he said he's done but you know if someone said hey it'd be really great if you could do this quick little cameo um with Deadpool yeah you know something <laughs> something like that yeah well I, I know he said he's done I, I he's not Chris Evans done 
Right. Well, Chris <laughs> Evans, I mean, I'd love to see a cameo of, of old uh, Captain America any day. Okay. Um, That's but, funny. Um, that would just be too funny. But no, I, I, he just doesn't, doesn't seem like the kind of actor who would be like, no, no. I'm done. Right. Like, I wouldn't be, I, I'm sure he'd give it a thought depending on the circumstance. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see him don it one more time, but nothing of significance. Okay. No, well, that's a shame. Um, so, okay, we're going to continue this movie theme, which is what I wanted to talk to you about, Morgan, because we are, oh dear. we are, I, I don't, for lack of a better term, we are knee deep in what could possibly be the greatest year Correct. of film. I'm not talking about like, Quality. You're talking Quality. About I'm talking money. about box office money. Can you and imagine how much popcorn they're selling too with all of these blockbusters. <laughs> I'm sorry. All I think about concessions all the time. Too, well, and these are concession films. Well, fun fact, and I, I don't think it's very common because I had no idea. Morgan, you come from film. You worked in film. I did. So you told me a pretty cool thing, and I'm sure people, um, maybe some people that listen to this know this, but maybe they don't. For those who don't, look at this. I'm going to teach you something other than pro wrestling and sports. Um, well, Morgan is. <laughs> you said, and I didn't know this when I first met you years ago, that the only way a movie theater makes money is concessions. Correct. So For the majority of the runtime, because studios get the majority of the money, you know, in ticket sales. Okay. That goes right back to studios <laughs> um, and the distributors, the exhibitors, which are the movie theaters. They make the majority of their money on concessions. But if you think about it, like if we go see a movie, right, the two of us, it's yeah. probably like sixteen to eighteen dollars in ticket sales. Once you know we've. Yeah, you know, pay taxes and the one dollar Fandango convenience fee or whatever it is now. But then if I go in there and you know, I'm getting the tub of popcorn yes. for something like Avengers, and you know what, I'm gonna need a soda. Yeah, like we've already spent probably more money in concessions than tickets. Yeah, so concessions partially are super expensive because that is where they make movie theaters make make the money. So a film like Ava- or Avatar or Avengers can make three billion dollars. And of that three billion, a movie theaters don't see anything of that oh, no, like, as, a, as a kickback. They, they, they get a percentage. I remember, I can't remember the exact percentages, but it was something like ridiculous. Where like the first week or even a few weeks of a film, the distributors, which in this case would be Disney, yeah, um, get ninety percent. Oh, something like it, it's a high percentage, and movie theaters only get like ten to twenty. And I think I'm sure every distributor and exhibitor have different deals going on but yes i mean but that's how studios make their money like how else would they make it so yeah concessions is where it's at so do you think maybe i don't know this and i didn't look it up and i probably should have but i like asking these things off the cuff because that's just how i do things and do you think the reason why there are service and convenience fees do you think if i buy a ticket off a fandango and i'm buying it through i'm not going to say an AMC theater because right. no one can know where I live if I say AMC theater. Well, there's only one in the country so now everyone knows. <laughs> there's only one. Um, so if I am picking this specific AMC theater and there's a $5 convenience fee, do you think that goes back to that theater? No, I think that, I think that all goes through okay. Fandango because it's still like, let's say the ticket sale is $15. Yeah. The theater's getting a per- percentage of that as the exhibitor and then the distributor, the you know, the production studio is getting the rest of it. Um, and so the convenience fee is where Fandango makes their money. Okay. So now moving forward, we're, like we were talking about, this is probably the biggest box office 
year um, in the history of film, and it probably already is technically if you account for. Let's start with the biggest one. The beginning was Captain Marvel. Yes. So you have Captain Marvel. I'm not sure what they made. Um, I don't either. As a total of a box huge. office, and a huge so, draw for it was the fact that it was a lot of people felt they needed prelude to, see to it Avengers before. Endgame. Right. And then you have Avengers, which is, they just said, $70 million away from beating Avatar. Yeah. So you're pushing $3 billion just in Avengers. Yeah. And I'm assuming over $500 million for Captain Marvel. So now you're going in. And by the way, you're going to see a running theme of everything that I'm saying, and I'll let you, let you figure it out. You have Captain Marvel. You have Avengers. Aladdin now has already made over, I think, $250 million worldwide. Maybe more than that. Mm -hmm. Then you have Lion King. Toy Story comes out in July or the end of June. I, You know what? I pulled it up. I think it's the end of June because I know Spider-Man is July. Yes. Okay. Then... um, Spider-Man's where you lose the theme, but I'll let you keep going. No, I... Not necessarily. And then you have, I don't know what comes out maybe in September. Maybe you can check it out while you're looking. October, the Joker movie comes out. Yes, you're also forgetting about Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix comes out this week. You also have um, Terminators coming out this year. That's right. It Part 2 for the horror fans. Oh my gosh, massive. And Glass, which I actually do think will be really popular because people loved, um, you know, I'm completely drawing a blank. People loved the um, Bruce Willis Unbreakable. Oh, the Bruce Willis Unbreakable, yeah. Um, And people did love the, um, man, I'm, I'm just, you know it's our daughter not letting me sleep. It's okay. I can't think of anything. And then, but the other guy who was in it, what's his name? Samuel James Jackson. McAvoy, oh, James McAvoy. Yeah. They loved his movie Split. Right, Split. Um, and then and the, it's M Night Shyamalan. And that's what I was, was going to say. And then you got the coup de gras at the end of the year. Oh, the coup de gras. Yeah, the final, not right. Finn Balor, <laughs> the final Star Wars film. Yes. So, the theme of ninety percent of what's coming out is Disney films. Disney, yeah. Have you ever heard of anything? Has this become as close to a film monopoly as you can think of? Well, I can't remember when it took place, but originally back in like, I think it's like 1950s classic Hollywood, you had the studio system, which I believe it was like Fox, Paramount, Universal, um... I can't remember all of them, but it was essentially it was a core group of of produ- of production studios mm-hmm. who also were the distributors of the film, um, and they it was it was monopoly by them, and they yeah. controlled everything. And then up until I'd say five ten years ago, I mean there were tons. Like you have the little guys like Screen Gems and Open Road Films. And, oh, just look at the Sundance the Sundance yeah, Independent uh, Film all Festival. That stuff. Yeah, but so now you have a lot more independent smaller things, but. We are getting, I think we're almost, we're getting closer into the studio system in the sense of having just a few, um, you know, top contenders because, you know, each like open road film, Screen Gems, for example, is a small thing, but I believe it's owned by Sony, which is one of the the top things. So mm-hmm. you've got all these little things like Marvel, but Marvel's owned by Disney. So in terms of production studios, you've got a ton. Yeah. Um, but back in terms of distributors, we're getting smaller and smaller mm-hmm. in terms of who the big the big guns are and Disney's definitely growing and growing in terms of monopolizing the market because they used to just be the family friendly yeah. you know, market and now they've really expanded to 
you know, way beyond that, obviously. It almost as if Pirates of the Caribbean kind of changed their direction a little bit, if you think about it, because Pirates of the Caribbean, although a family movie, had some dark scenes to it. Um, I'm trying to think of what other movies they were they did around that time. I remember that was that was, was 16 years ago. It was. So I'm I mean, it's a long like, time. Yeah, the live action films that they were putting out there, because even after that, for a long time, they were doing kind of like the the family friendly feel good films, like right. that the movie about the 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 pictures that they got with um, John Hamm. Yeah, John Hamm in it. Million dollar arm. Million dollar arm. Mm-hmm. Um, they did Saving Mr. Banks. Um, they've done a lot of, you know, family friendly ones, which, and, you know, you're right, 16 years ago, I can't remember what else they were putting out there that, you know, wasn't that classic, you know, Disney feel. Right. Um, they've always done a few, but again, Pirates of the Caribbean still kind of goes because they, they spin it in such a way where it's still, you know, kid friendly. Oh, like every yeah. kid wants to be a pirate and they have a ride about it. So <laughs> even though it is adultish, it, is it a, still plays to the, you know, to the kid mindset. It's still amazing when you, <laughs> when you watch Pirates of the Caribbean and then you go to Disney and pirates are so, are, are so showcased. And then you, <laughs> when you get older and you actually read what pirates are, they're awful human beings. It's very disillusioning. It's very. If you want to talk Who about sus- the redhead, if you want to talk about suspending your disbelief, strike your colors, you brazen wench. Is that what they say? <laughs> yes, but that's no longer there. That's so. very unfortunate. <laughs> Hashtag me too. <laughs> can't oh, yeah. can't have you know someone wanting the redhead on a Disney ride, right? The Although it lasted wench. thirty years, right? So then, um, so you, you look at this year of film, mm-hmm. Morgan. Do you? Can you look at this as maybe the the last couple years and this goes, you know, look at the how many billion dollar films we're having now. Yeah. Are we kind of in I remember 10 years ago, it was almost like people were talking about the death of the movie theater. Are we kind of in yeah. the renaissance now where it's making that comeback where every couple months it maybe even every month now, and it could just be because we're getting into summer. But yeah, I feel like every couple months time. now, there's a blockbuster coming out that's making you know seven hundred to a billion dollars, and theaters are packed everywhere. People are going to the movies. Yeah, you're right. I think ten years ago, movie theaters were really struggling because the big thing that they had was IMAX, and no one wanted to pay for. IMAX. And that's the thing. Back then, everyone's like twelve dollars for a movie. Because, yeah. you know, you and I grew up in the area where I could go to a local movie theater and pay five bucks. Yeah. And see a, a film that just yep. came out. Yeah. Like, or the one dollar theaters where after dollar fifty theaters, yeah. Um movie producers and what the movies they're putting out, they're doing a really good job now in terms of giving you reasons to go mm-hmm. like you know obviously people still see things in IMAX and you have all the fancy Dolby digital sounds which I can say Dolby Atmos and all that stuff really really is amazing and the butt kicker seats yes. are pretty cool but um, you know like they're doing a great job at producing films where it is an experience in the movie theater like Avengers Endgame is a whole different experience sitting at home on your TV than, you know, in, 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 in the theater. Same thing with something like Lion King and, you know, these films that are, as you like to say, visually stunning. Correct. Um, they're, you know, they're giving, they're producing films that give people a reason to go. And they're still having like those romantic comedies and the standards because you got to have a good mix for everyone for date nights. But um, they're producing these films that are high budget, but 
they're going to get a lot of people like Avengers, like like Lion King, mm-hmm. like the final installment of Toy Story. Um, so they're spending big money to get big money. Mm-hmm. Like studios up until, you know, for years now, a lot of studios have what they call their tentpole film, which is the one film that they do that they spend a lot of money on. They make a ton of, ton of money on. And the goal of that film is to carry that studio for the year for wow. all of the failures that it has. You need, a, you need a couple tentpole films to carry it. Like D- Avengers will carry Disney for the, like everything Disney comes out with could flop. Like Dumbo flopped. It did. But Disney's completely fine because they have that film. But Disney's <sighs> like almost every film that they have is like a big one. Yeah. Like and that that's a new thing. Up until a couple years ago, studios would have one or two really good movies a year, and mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, we're gonna take our first break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about Star Wars coming up, maybe the Joker film. We're gonna kind of dive into that. Also, I want to ask Morgan her opinion on Robert Pattinson becoming our new Batman, um, and then I'm so sparkly. Yes, that's oh, so disrespectful to him. <laughs> and then we're gonna wrap up talking about. Uh, I'm gonna just get a little quick word in about what I've seen so far of Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge opening up in Disneyland. So uh, before I do that, uh, gonna do like quick little ad here for for Anchor. Or who, which is uh, where we broadcast or record our podcast. So Anchor is the easiest way, honestly, to make a podcast. It gives you everything you need in one place. And get this, guys. It's absolutely free, which you can use right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. You can add music. You can add little sound bites. You can do whatever you want uh, through the creation tool. They'll distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard everywhere. You can listen to this show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere that you can download an app for podcasts. You will be uh, get your podcast sent to uh, by Anchor. Trust me, guys. I don't have to do anything. I record it. I send it to Ricky. He takes care of it. And then, boom, it's everywhere. You can easily make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. Guys, please just go right now to whatever app store you use. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Go there right now. We will be right back. Hot tag, Chrissy Francesco. Welcome back, Hot Tag. This is Chrissy Francesco with my illustrious wife, Morgan. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. Okay, good. We are here to, to kind of wrap up this first segment with uh, our uh, our producer. <laughs> yes, correct. Uh, Ricky will be our guest after um, the next little break here, and then we're going to get to Darren Potts later on to end the show. Uh, so we kind of, before the, the commercial break there, Morgan, we were discussing uh, film, and we were discussing the year that we have, and we kind of built things up going into September, October, November. Now, coming up in December is the, I guess you can say, the finale of four generations of movies, of film being Star Wars. And it's called, I believe, The Rise of Skywalker, um, which I'm not sure anybody really knows obviously what the meaning of that is because The Last Jedi really didn't tell us much. Um, Are you excited for this? Are you sad that it's the end of this generation of movies i mean it's already been concluded and already came out that i think the um, disney has already got the next three or four mo- star wars movies planned in terms of it's going to be a new th- a new series new characters new everything new stories um 
your expectations of this movie? Um, do you think it's going to blow us away? Are you worried it's going to disappoint? Where are you with that? These are all good questions, Chris. Thank you. That's why I do the shows. And I'm going to bring it back actually to Avengers. So one of the reasons why me personally, I was so excited about Endgame was Infinity War was so good and it left you on a cliffhanger and you needed to see what happened. The problem I have with Star Wars is the last movie left you with nothing. Like it literally, it killed off General, was it Snoke? Snow, whatever his name was. Mm -hmm. It closed up a lot of things. Like it didn't leave you with anything. Like it looked almost like a standalone film. So to me, this last film has to start all new plot lines and wrap them up. Like it's almost going to be a standalone. So I'm not as excited about it because of the last film. I just felt like did a it might have been a good standalone film, but it did not do a good job in terms of the bridge movie between the first and this last one. Is is there something I'm missing? Why is it called the Rise of Skywalker? Is there well, something? The thing. There's the second we don't, movie. We don't know who that is. We don't, and maybe it is right, but the second movie led us to believe that she's a no one, which is a whole separate point in and of itself, which right. is kind of interesting, but it's kind of like the second movie gave us nothing. It closed a bunch of, you know, potential plot lines and that was it. It didn't really bring up any new questions or anything. And so I don't know. I think, I don't think, I think it's going to do well. One, because it's Star Wars, it's the end. And I think people are curious. Honestly, I think the title is the most intriguing thing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think for me personally, there's a lot less excitement because leading into it, you know, the last film I wasn't left with much to go off of, mm-hmm. which is the exact opposite, you know, of why I think the Infinity War saga did so well was because it, it kept you going and it kept you wanting to come back and come back. And who's the villain of this series? That's, we don't know. No, the, um, the guy with the mask, the Darth... Oh, Palpatine? No, the... the Oh, who I love. Yes, Kylo Ren. That's a Kylo. I can't believe I just had a brain fart. Isn't he we took te- a picture with Kylo Ren? He talked trash to me. He did. He talked on trash our honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, um, he couldn't he technically be the Skywalker? Couldn't he be the Jedi? He is a Skywalker because he is Leia's son and Leia is a Skywalker. OK, so then wouldn't that be him? Then It could be. It very well could be because yeah. I don't see why it would anything be. With Ray, if there's already a Skywalker, unless they're reopening plots and revisiting that, and it turns out she is somehow. Is this going to be a four-hour movie? That's that's. I the think thing, I think they're... I think they did such a poor job in terms of plot development between the last movie and this one. It's a shame because Force Awakens was so good. It was. It, it, it really, really was. was. Now uh, going backwards a little bit, I think October is the. Uh, I think it's Jacqueline Phoenix. Is that how you pronounce his name? Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Sorry. But Jacqueline is good too. You're welcome. And uh, he's going to have his own little adaptation of the Joker. Mm-hmm. So it's an odd adaptation, um, to say the least. But are, are you excited for that? Is that something, you know, people, I don't feel like people are that excited for it. Maybe when it comes closer, maybe like when another trailer comes out, your thoughts of what you've seen so far. Well, it's different than other traditional, I think, like superhero and villain movies. It's definitely like, in Origins. Yeah, but people who like... This classic superhero and villain movie is a whole crowd in and of itself. This film, to me, it's exactly, I think think I'm going to personally love it because it reminds me of the Dark Knight series. The Dark Knight series is a crime drama where the main protagonist happens to be Batman. 
it's not, I mean, the Batman movies, but the point isn't the fact that it's Batman. It's this great crime drama, dark, and you know, the second one, the Dark Knight's even like a thriller, so to speak, whose characters happen to be DC characters. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that operated so good was the focus wasn't on the fact that it was Batman doing Batman things, but it was this crime drama with, you know, happens circumstantial protagonists and antagonists. And I think the Joker's the same way. It is go it is an origin story. It is um I think it's gonna be a dark crime drama thriller and like a very mental film and the character just happens to be the Joker. Mm. Like they could make this movie and change his name and it not be the Joker and it just be, you know, another movie. Like that that's what I'm saying is you mm-hmm. could fill it with another thing. It just happens to be the Joker. So you know, the people who go to see superhero movies, superhero movies and villain movies are very different than what this one is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited because it, it's the same exact way. I know I use the word unsettling with the Wolverine, but I feel like that way with this too, just watching the trailer, like you empathize with the Joker mm-hmm. and it's unsettling because he's a terrible, awful, sadistic character. <laughs> but yet the trailer makes you feel feel for him and I I like when film does that I like when film really plays with your emotions and makes you thinking gets you thinking about how you feel and how you're responding to it Um, so I think it's going to be a lot more intellectual than a typical superhero supervillain film is so it's going to be very different Um, I'm not sure how it's going to do because of the fact that it is such a very different take and approach to a film you know that typically comic book fans would go well, want to, to see. To piggyback what you said, there's a di- that's the difference between good screenwriting and bad. Right. Whereas just by watching the trailer of the Joker film, you already have you sympathize with the character, right. knowing that he's a sadistic murderer. Did I say Hitman. empathize? I meant sympathize. <laughs> sorry, sympathize. <laughs> no, no, I meant I said the wrong term. Oh, okay, sorry. All right. So uh, to keep going in, in the Batman aspect, it was announced that that. We finally have our next Batman after the mm, insanely yes. disappointing uh, Ben Affleck um, You know, though, performance. I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was That's because I, te- I tend to, I love Batman. So any version of it I'm happy with, even though I know it wasn't the best You enjoyed version. George Clooney? Oh, they were so fun. Come on with Arnold. And was Arnold, was George Clooney in that one or was yes, that Val Kilmer? that was George. With Arnold and, and uh, George Clooney Carey, like had all nipples. Those, like, well, I mean, it was a different time. You have <laughs> nipples. Maybe back then you show them off, I guess. I don't and know. And a bat suit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. I know. I thought the Riddler actually in those movies, Jim Carrey was Jim phenomenal. Carrey. It was very good. Um, no, it was, but that was so fun and it was lighthearted and it was geeky and it played, yeah, the it played to was the awful. intensity of um, the character. So it was Matt Reeves finally has his guy. It was reported a week and a half, two weeks ago that it was probably going to be Robert Pattinson, which most people know star of Twilight. However, he's starring in a film that's directed by Christopher Nolan, I think coming out this year. Um, It looks like we're at 2021 will be the uh, the next Batman, the, the, the new, the beginning of the trilogy. It was named that Robert Pattinson signed on for a trilogy hmm. of Batman films. I'm not sure if that's solo films or if that's also including Justice League. That hasn't been announced. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a trilogy of single Batman films. Makes sense. Um, there's also the rumors that the, the villains will be uh, Penguin and Catwoman, which is great. I mean, that's a great way to start a franchise is have new... 
um, villains, basically. It is new villains, but it's that's exactly how it was when. Um, What's his name was Batman? Uh, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Batman Returns. Yeah. Villain set. But it's gonna be. It's not gonna be like a Tim Burton esque film though. Like this is gonna be like a Dark Knight looking thing. I assume that's the look they're gonna go for. It's gonna be a younger Mm -hmm. Batman. I mean, like we say, Christian Bale was thirty one when he did Batman Begins. Robert Pattinson just turned thirty two. So I I think they're gonna begin filming maybe what this summer. I assume because the movie's gonna be coming out twenty twenty one. You gotta film that kind of movie soon. I don't know. They, with the way production and editing is, they may not start till next year. Well, Robert Pattinson has to hit the gym if he wants to play Batman. So, wow. um, although in, he's got to tan up those sparkles, is what he's got to do. The disrespect that comes from you and everybody else about Robert Pattinson. Said he um, made a mistake. It was a quick paycheck that. It was a smart decision at the time because I'm sure he made a ton of money mm-hmm. and he was the fantasy of thousands and thousands of preteens mm-hmm. and lots of other women mm-hmm. all around the world. But in terms of being taken seriously in the film career and, you know, in film and future, he kind of shot himself in the foot because now I'm excited. You're going to say, well, what about the independent movies? That's just the thing is he's done a lot of independent films mm-hmm. and he's been really successful. But independent films aren't as broadly known. So the majority of the audience going to see these new Batman films are not the same people who would have gone to see his independent films. So they do. So literally all they can associate him with is sparkling Edward. The problem is, and this is not to downgrade this movie because I actually enjoy the movie. Twilight? No. Are you about to admit to everyone? Before he was Batman, Michael Keaton played Mr. Mom. Just saying. I know. He wasn't a well-known guy right before he donned the Batsuit. But Robert Pattinson's a well-known guy for being a vampire that sparkles like diamonds in the sun. A vampire that did a franchise that made a lot of money. So that he's, doesn't mean it he's a box office attraction. Yes, but now he's a, but he's a joke to the people who go see the Batman movies are not the people who go see the Twilight movies. So all the people who are comic book fans and excited for the new Batman movie are not excited that this steam love boat, love boat diamond vampire boy is now Batman. It's a shame that people judge that way because he was like a, a 19-year-old kid, 20-year-old kid doing those movies, and now he's a 32-grown man, and people are saying, oh, cool, here comes the glitter guy being uh, Batman. Well, he cashed those checks, so he should be completely fine Look, with it. if I was in his shoes, and you probably can't, I mean, Ben Affleck did Gigi, or G. Lee, right? Something like which that. Which was rated the worst movie in the history of film with Jennifer Lopez. He's Batman, and... He and did. look what happened there. It was an epic well, they, fail. After that, didn't he win an Academy Award for Fargo? Yes, he's been, he's been very, very good in film and very successful. I've never film, liked him. I think he's awful. But that's just my long opinion. journey. He's not Matt Damon. I'm excited. I personally, because I haven't even said this, I am excited about Robert Pattinson. I mm-hmm. think he has the look, yes. especially if you're going for a younger Batman. I think it's going to be great. I just think it's going, like me personally, I'm still going to have a hard time seeing him as Batman because I'm so used to him being Edward Cullen. I think the thing that's going to make the difference is when that first trailer finally drops because then everyone can see and they'll see how it makes sense. They'll see how it works and it'll 
it'll be better because right now we have no frame of reference as soon as Batman. So we need that. Yeah. So I think when that trailer hits, I think that will take a lot of that stigma away. But yes. I think it was a good call. I'm excited about that. Yeah. I still wish it was Idris Elba because I think Idris Elba should do everything. <laughs> but, um, you know, he was still a good call. Wouldn't it? Again, I'm not trying to get racial at all, but wouldn't a, a black man look weird in a black suit to be Batman? No. <laughs> Maybe he could wear a white suit. <laughs> I'm just saying. I just feel like it's just you, you would literally never be able to see but that Batman. voice. The voice would be that majestic. voice would be so awesome. It would be great. Um, all right, we're gonna wrap things up on this these this first couple segments. We're gonna get to our guests. Um, Morgan, thank you very much for for filling in for for Jay. Oh, I no. really appreciate that. Uh, if you guys want to follow me on the Twitter on the social media platforms, I am at cdfran24. So check me out there. Uh, you can find me on Instagram too. Just type in my full name. Um, and then um, I'll see if I can accept you or not, because that is private, of course, because there are photos on there of my familia. Uh, but thank you very much to my illustrious wife here uh, for talking a bunch of topics. Well, she might be back next week. We'll talk about um, the reaction to Dark Phoenix. I'm not sure if we're going to be seeing that uh, or not. It's a movie we have to kind of see in theaters. Um, yeah, we, we always go see them because it's around the time of one of our birthdays. So. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of the, a, one of the movies we started seeing when we first started dating, you know, X-Men, Mission Impossible, those kind of really, and I mean, geez, and ever since we started dating, those movies keep Spy. Getting... <laughs> we saw Spy. And then, it's uh, a um, Dorito. Oh, no, it's not Spy. It's called The what Boss. Was it? The Boss. The Boss. Awful. Oh. All right, but uh, thank you so much. Uh, just let everybody know, I believe Jay will be back next week. Our schedules have just not been mending greatly over the past two weeks, but everything should be back to normal next week. Um, all right, guys, on the other side, we got our uh, Ramblin' Ricky, the producer of the Hot Tag, to talk some Harry Potter and other things, and I'll definitely talk some film with him as well. Um, this is the hot tag. I am Christy Francesco. This is on Anchor, Wiretap Radio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, uh, iTunes, anywhere you want to listen to a podcast, you will find the hot tag. Uh, so thank you guys so very much for the attention I've already gotten. Uh, looking forward to keeping this thing moving. Uh, so we will be right back after this quick commercial. So check it out. Welcome back. This is the Hot Tag. Christy Francesco here with you. And I told you guys at the top of the show I had a special guest today. And without a doubt, this is the most special one I've had thus far. He is the reason that I somewhat sound professional uh, when I am recording these podcasts. He is our trusty producer, Ramblin' Ricky. What's going on, man? Not much, Chris. How are we doing today? I'm I'm doing fantastic. Uh, now I wanted to bring you on because, like I like I said last week, we're taking the podcast in a much different direction—a direction that I just thoroughly enjoy. Because uh, there's so many things that I love. I'm a multi-passionate person. So, one of the things that you and I hit it off with was our love for Harry Potter, and I think, like like myself, I think you got into it late. Right. So when did you first say to yourself, all right, I'm going to get into this Harry Potter thing? So it was right um, before I started traveling a little bit. Um, 
my lovely girlfriend got me a Kindle for my birthday and I hadn't really used it yet. And uh, I basically was just like, well, I have this nice Kindle. Um, I got Amazon Prime and that allows me to, you know, allows me to get books every once in a while for free. So I kind of was like, well, I'm going to take this opportunity to start the Harry Potter series. I was a big fan of the movies. The movies were like... I always loved them. I always been. A, I was always a movie person. Never really a reader until I got older, and I kind of knew things that happened in the books that, ha- that didn't happen in the movies. That happened in the books that I don't think I was supposed to know. As just a strict movie watcher of, of the Harry Potter series, so I was like, "Well, I'm going to dive into the books." And my girlfriend was right there with me. Uh, she restarted the series. She read it. I think she's read it like four times through or something. <laughs> so. And then I got to uh, the place where we met, and it just so happens that you were like maybe a book ahead of me or a few chapters ahead of me mm-hmm. um, in the series, like reading it for the first time as well. And I was like, well, this is really cool because I now have someone to come into work and talk to um, about this wonderful series, which I, I I can honestly say I've never read through any series as fast as I read through the Harry Potter series, <laughs> ever. Yeah, I, I mean, that's where I am. I mean, it took me – I mean, my wife is in the other room, so I don't know if she would get up and come in here as I'm saying this. I guess it took me 28 years. Like, you know, not 28 years, but um, I was at a point where I had no idea really about the popularity of Harry Potter until I met my wife. And I always – remember when the movies came out i don't remember how big they were i just remember when they were coming out it was this big thing and i just never really paid attention to it because i I just i didn't even give it a thought to try you know it wasn't star wars it wasn't anything like that at the time i just didn't know but then i when i met my wife i I found she was a massive harry potter fan so i said to myself all right well maybe get myself some brownie points i'll try to watch harry potter so we sit down and we watch the movies and she had told me she had already read the books like three times over and uh i started i watched the first movie i was hooked within the first like hour and a half uh ricky i was hooked so i said to myself all right we probably watched all seven movies in a week because i was just i couldn't get enough of it and then i said all right i have amazon audible what i'm going to do is i'm going to I'm going to listen to these books and eventually I'm going to get them all, you know, you know, hardcover paperback and I'm going to read them. So I was able to go back and I was able to just listen and pay attention to the books like you after I had already seen the franchise on video. So and, and now I'm even more in love. I mean, anytime it's on television, I just stop everything I'm doing and I watch. Um, so. Ricky, for you, does it bother you now when you look back and go, man, I wish I would have caught on to the books before the movies? Oh, 125%. <laughs> it was just so, like, when you're reading the books after seeing all the movies and being, like, see, not seeing all the movies, like, once over and then going, like, kind of going back and reading the books after that, but, like, seeing the movies multiple times, seeing each movie multiple times, and then going back and the reading books, reading the books there are things that happen in the books that like people grew up with and had no idea were coming like if we touch on what happened in prisoner uh, not, sorry in uh, the order of the phoenix when sirius dies oh big spoilers alert by the way spoiler alert uh, <laughs> uh, when, when 15 sirius years later dies, yeah like like i wish i had not seen that coming that would it would have such a more i feel like it would have such a 
bigger impact on my life, like reading through this series the first time, not knowing what was happening. And then seeing that, like reading what happens. And like, I remember reading through that part specifically the first time it happened so quick that like, I had to go back and read the paragraph again. I was like, did what I like think happened just happen? And I knew that it happened in this book and I knew it happened at this time, but it was like, it was like, dang, like, I can't believe that was something that like happened. And I remember actually a little side note. Um, I, when I was like, uh, I guess I had to be like 13 years old. My mom was still reading books to me and my little brother to go to sleep. Um, I'm just kidding. That was a joke. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I could read by myself when I was 13. Uh, <laughs> but when I was younger, I remember, I think, I think it was around like 97, 98, like when the first books came out mm-hmm. and, uh, I, my mom would, would picked up the first one and read it to us. And I remember she now tells me that like, she was a little hesitant to keep reading the first one because it, she just thought it was too scary for us at that young of age. And then when the second one came out, she, she didn't read the third one after she finished the second one. Cause there's like very bloody parts, <laughs> yes. all that kind of stuff. So she didn't read it, um, read us though, anything after that. So I remember in third grade picking up, the uh, prisoner of Azkaban at the library at school, and like, like yeah, I read the first two, and then like skimming through it, I had no idea. I wasn't much of a reader, like I said. What year in third grade? What year would that have been for you? Third grade, that was two thousand and one. Uh, so did they stop doing the whole scholastic little uh, the scholastic pages that they would hand out to kids to buy books? Did you get those back then? Uh, if we did, Chris, I promise you, I probably didn't read them. <laughs> uh, okay. I, like I, I was like, like I was more interested in going outside and playing with my friends than I was reading books back then. Oh, trust me, um, as, as was I. I. <laughs> I regret that now that I'm older. I'm going to be completely honest. Oh no, for I sure. Read more. No, for sure. And, and I, I mean, I, I read a lot of sports books. And I read a lot of stuff when I was younger, but nothing to the extent of you know a series like people that read now, now that read you know the game of people that are picking up game of thrones now or harry potter so so picking up i remember the one thing you said to me was i think it was half blood prince where you said man harry is just an a-hole and it's and it's in the book you get that you can as as a person that's creative and a person that can look at the words and make them come alive like when i read books like I make them come alive in my in my brain because that's how I like to visually just be enthralled with that stuff and be involved. And when you said that to me, I said, "Man, I can I I'm glad somebody else thought the same thing because that's what I thought." In the movies, it doesn't translate to that. You don't really see that. In a way, you feel bad for Harry in the movie during the, that 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 aspect and that part. But in the book, you're like, "Man, you just want to punch him in the face." So, do, do you think the movies Looking back at it now, um, do you think the movies did the books justice, or do you think it they still missed so much? You know, I, I I've been like kind of debating over this for a while since I've finished the books, and like I've recently gone back and like watched all the movies. Like as I finished the book, I would go back and watch the movies, and the first two movies are spot on with the book. The first two movies are like every beat, every line. Like there's the when Tom Riddle and Harry are in the Chamber of Secrets in the movie. Mm-hmm. That is basically word for word what happens in the books. So like the first two movies respond, but they were also smaller books. Right. Um, I'm 
I'm a, I was a film major in college. I studied communications and film. So I get what it's like to have to make a 120-page script um, out of a 400-page book. Like, it's, you just, there's things you're going to have to leave out, and there's things that, so do I think they did the, did, did them justice? Yes, I think they did a very good job uh, hitting on all the important points um, that needed to get hit, um, all the important things that happened. I think they kind of pulled it together at the end, like from like Goblet of Fire to Half Blood Prince. I think they missed a lot of stuff um, that they could have added in that they didn't. Like um, I believe it's the Goblet of Fire when uh, Hermione starts the whole um, elf movement of free the elves. Yeah. Um, if I if I remember correctly, like You're that. You're correct. Yeah. That, but like that's something to me. Like people were complaining about that. At least I'm talking to my girlfriend who grew up with the books. She read the books as they came out and then saw the movies. Um, she said people made a big deal of that, and I was like, well, it's not really that important to any part. It doesn't go anywhere in the books, really. Um, but I thought they kind of bring it, brought it together with Deathly Hollows a little bit until I obviously I got to the end of Deathly, Death, Deathly Hollows and the, the fight between Harry and um, Voldemort at the end was just so much better in, in the books than it was in the movies. But still, I really think they did a pretty solid job. My last couple of questions, and once again, we're talking to Ramblin' Ricky, my, my producer uh, of this of the hot tag, and um, he's a wonderful human being and a phenomenal talent uh, for what he does, and um, and it speaks in terms of him being a film major, so he knows a lot more about this stuff than I do. Um, so, Ricky, when you got to the end of Deathly Hollows, it was the last you know a couple pages. How are you feeling? Like, did you did you almost feel like <laughs> now there's going to be this big void in your life? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I was like, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to read next. I'm, I'm a huge <laughs> Game of Thrones fan, so I might try to tackle that uh, monstrosity that is those Game of Thrones books. Mm-hmm. I think I've, I think for the past three years, I've been halfway through the, uh, halfway through the, the first book, and I think I got to a Sansa chapter, and I don't know how many people have ever read those, but like, Sansa's the worst in the books. I mean, mm-hmm. she's not great in the show, but she's the worst in the book. She likes to talk about lemon cakes and all that. So she's really boring. Um, so I think I like if you open up the book now, like halfway through where I've been for three years, it's probably at a Sansa <laughs> chapter, and I was like, I don't want to read this anymore. But I think now that I'm over, uh, uh, Game of Thrones is over, and it's kind of I'll probably go back and read that. But there's always the Cursed Child, which is something um, I'm getting ready to start. I just bought it the other night. My girlfriend had just finished it. Um, so the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is definitely going to be my next big, uh, next big thing. It's written in the form of a play, so it's kind of like um, Romeo and Juliet in a way. Yeah, my, my wife read it, and I, I'm pretty sure she enjoyed it. I got it for her as a, as a gift, and I, I wanted her to read it, you know, as soon as I got it for her because I wanted to know her thoughts because, like you, she came she comes from a, a big film background. So I wanted to know her, her thoughts on the book, and, and she I think she really enjoyed it, right? You were a big fan of it or no? I did. I liked it a lot. I didn't know what to expect, and I didn't know what the plot was going to be. I didn't do any research at all before starting it, so it was really new and refreshing honestly it wasn't at all what I was expecting it to be but it was good I really liked it it was very different in tone and feel to me than the Harry Potter books but I think it's also it does have different writers as long as I'm I think I, I have that mm-hmm. correct it was written by someone else so um, but it was good that's good now 
Ricky, now what your real quick, your thoughts so far on Fantastic Beasts. Oh, um, I'm glad you asked because <laughs> I've, I've I've been thinking about this a little bit too. Um, I haven't I haven't seen the second Fantastic Beast, the the Crimes of Grindelwald, a second or third time yet. Um, but I remember I've seen the first one. I like at least three or four times, mm-hmm. and that one's magnificent. I think from start to finish, I think the like the way they incorporated all the beasts. Now I also have it. There, there's the books. But it's like a spin-off book, but it's supposed to be like a te- the textbook, and it's supposed to be like Harry, Ron, and Hermione's textbook. So it's supposed to be like notes scribbled. I'm not really sure. I probably won't read it. But as far as the movie goes, like the, the guy who played Newt Scamander did such a great job, and I think, and if I remember correctly, this is J.K. Rowling's first attempt at writing a screenplay. Um, mm-hmm. I'm the, pretty sure the, you're correct. Yeah, it's the first. It's the first. Fantastic Beasts, and David Yates directed it, who directed, um, I know he directed both the Deathly Hallows, and I know he did Half-Blood Prince. I think he came in in the Goblet of Fire and then was not in the Order of Phoenix. I could have gotten that mixed up a little bit, but anyway, um, I think he did a fantastic job of, of, of that movie, and then the next one, uh, I remember I was up in New York with a couple of friends and my girlfriend, and we were supposed to do something and it got rained out. Anyway, we watched Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, the first one, and then went and saw the movie because it had just come out. And I remember like halfway through it, I was like, does this movie stink? Like, is this not a great movie? <laughs> yeah. And like, I didn't, I didn't want to feel that way because I, I, I forget what book I had just finished and I was like, all, I was in Harry Potter mode. So I was like, I don't want to feel this way about this, but it just, it feels like they tried to cram so much in this way. And it's supposed to be like a six-movie series. And they cram so much into this first one. It's like, spread it out. Like, get it, get all the, get all the, like, juicy things in one at a time as you go through. Now, I don't know if it's going to be a six-movie series or not, but I remember there was, the, like, the Titanic in it. Like, well, what was supposed, like, what I thought was the Titanic. Dumbledore's crossing the, 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 the Atlantic Ocean on some ship that sinks in the middle of the, like, after World War II or whatever that movie takes place. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's the Titanic. J.K. Rowling made Dumbledore, he, she put him on the Titanic. <laughs> it was just, it, it seemed very out of place. And I, I, I'm not not too fond of the, the second movie. Again, I'll have to go back and rewatch it, it just to see if my opinion's changed on it. I feel you on that one. When we got to the end, we just picked a night, one night, where the, the baby actually decided to sleep. And we said, let's watch the, fantastic, the second Fantastic Beast. And when it got to the end, you know, Morgan looked at me for, like, my quick opinion. And I said... I, I didn't like it. I did not enjoy it. And she looked at me and she said, I think I agree with you. It's like you you try so hard to say to yourself, man, I love it. Because it's a J.K. Rowling. It's, a play, it's playing off yeah. of, of Harry Potter. So you so desperately want to just say I loved it. But to me, I felt how I – with the second Fantastic Beast is how I felt after Goblet of Fire. I just said to myself – I. I just don't like I, – I just didn't enjoy it that much. And I don't – and I and it's – you know, it's what people said like about Star Wars The Last Jedi. It was the middle movie. It was setting up something. So I don't know what it's setting up. But the next Fantastic Beast, I think they're making five of them. So I think the next one has to blow me away. It has to blow me away. Yeah, I, 
completely agree, and I'll probably see them even if they're bad, just because, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody will, so, but I agree, the next one kind of has to blow, blow, blow us away, I, I, I don't see how they, how it couldn't, they crammed so much into this second movie that, like, I don't I really know where it's gonna go from there. That's how you know? I feel, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like they sort of did everything, and the guy, apparently, like, I didn't, I don't know this, but, um, the internet says that they got the timelines all wrong, that, like, uh, Professor McGoggle was teaching at Hogwarts during, in this one, when she shouldn't have been, like, she was not teaching around the same time Dumbledore was teaching. Yeah. So... That's, that's what the internet says. <laughs> right. If it's on the internet, we have to believe it. Um, yeah, it's got to be true, right? Right, right, for sure. Last question, Ricky. I know I've held you on for a long time here, but when we look at Harry Potter and we look at it now as adults, where it's probably as popular as ever, um, I mean, you they have festivals all over the country for, for Harry Potter. And um, why do you think that this series has endured so long? You know, since the last movie, and I think it's 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 in the spectrum now. And you know, I could be way off on this, but I think it's in the spectrum now of Star Wars in terms of popularity. It's going to be around for so so long. Why do you think this movie has endured? If I had to guess, I would say that this movie um, endured. This this series has endured because I think J.K. Rowling. The, the one thing that, I mean, like, and this is kind of, like, my opinion, um, the one thing I don't think she did super well was write the action scenes of the, uh, of the books. Like, I don't think, like, the, 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 in the end, in Deathly Hollows, there's one particular part that, like, if you've ever heard, heard me talk about the Deathly Hollows, it's probably my favorite part in the book just because it's hilarious. She writes a lot of things, and, like, it's tough to kind of cram everything into one section, but she writes, uh, and, the, and then a lot of things happen very quickly and just starts lifting off things that happen really quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think what she does really, really, really well is the human element of the books. You really feel for Harry. You really feel for Hermione. You really feel for Ron. You you, you kind of start not liking Dumbledore because you don't know what he's up to. Yeah. You don't know what he's planning. And if you've seen the movies before you read the book, I mean, you know what's going on. But I can imagine those people who were reading through the series for the first time, they didn't know what Dumbledore was up to. He was my favorite character in the books yes. um, as I was reading them. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people didn't like Dumbledore through, um, I forget which one he's absent in. I think it's the Order of the Phoenix. He's Order like of the there. Phoenix, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's really not in it. And that to me is super, like, she just wrote the character so well. She wrote the, the, the human element of the book so well, the relationships, the, she makes you feel for him. And I think that's one of the biggest things that is going to make it stand the test of time and is going to make it something that anybody can pick up and anybody can read and it it kind of it draws you in for that reason star wars is great i mean i love star wars don't even get me started on star wars um but like that was like a cultural phenomenon george lucas was doing things in the in the in the in the movies when they first came out four five and six that like were never done before and uh spoiler alert on star wars when luke finds out that darth vader's his father <laughs> in the second one like that 
that was like nobody saw that coming. That was a huge shock. But that's I just think he was doing things that weren't really being done before, especially with the special effects and the the, the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Williams did an amazing job. But anyway, I just think that the human element of Harry Potter is going to keep living on and people are going to be able to pick it up, be able to connect to these characters in a way that, I mean, I'm 27. I finished the books when I was 26. Um, and I felt like a kid in a candy store every time I read them. That's how I feel. I and, and You're right. And I, I think what draws people in, everyone loves great character development. And I think that's why anybody really watches sitcoms or they watch a certain television show is because of the characters. It's like there's a character arc. You look for the arc of your favorite character or the arc of the certain stories. Um, and, and I think that's what um, JK did very well was like you just said man she she could take the, the she could take the smallest character like Neville and turn him into a massive fan favorite which she did and that I, I think that's what makes it so endearing is the, is you know you can attach yourself to so many different characters um, in that book and I, and I think that's what's so beautiful about it so I agree with you on that one and Lord Voldemort was such a lovable villain in a way. I mean, oh, re- for sure. I agree. I mean, like, he, he was just so twisted sometimes. I mean, like, Darth Vader is different. Like, Darth Vader is probably one of my favorite villains of all time. And as I got older, I kind of realized kind of what Darth Vader was doing and how, like, what was going on with him. It made me love him even more. And that was the first time, like, in every video game I ever played, I always went the path of the good guy until I, like, kind of fell in love with Darth Vader, and then it was always bad guy, like, even Thanos, and um, Thanos is such a lovable villain, but back to Lord Voldemort, I mean, he's just, like, from where he came from, from what happens to him when he's, a kid, like, a baby, and then a kid, and then how, like, evil and twisted he was as a student at and how manipulative he's just a lovable villain he really is no i agree with you um now next next time we talk um my wife and i are doing a segment on the show tonight that you can probably listen to uh when obviously you go back and and you make the show look good and sound good uh we're discussing the possibility that this summer starting back with captain marvel you can pretty much say this year could be the biggest year to be the biggest year in film history. Um, I mean, you you have Captain Marvel, then you have the Avengers, you have Aladdin, Toy Story, Lion King. Um, then you know, coming up, you have um, you have Star Wars still to come. There could be four movies that cross over the billion dollar mark in, in one in like an eight month period. So um, we're going to be discussing how this could shape up to be the biggest year in the history of film i mean are, are you are you in are you paying attention to that kind of stuff like do you see that you know uh, i kind of don't pay attention to the like the how the movies do in box office because i'm always like as as somebody who studied film i love movies like marvel i love i think disney does an amazing job um i'm not sure how i feel about a toy story for but hey i mean Pixar always does an amazing job, so I'm not going to knock it until I see it. And uh, my girlfriend just saw that, and she said it was amazing. I'll see it for sure. Um, Will Smith has some pretty big shoes to fill, but I heard he does a really good job. And then Lion King. I mean, uh, Lion King was the first movie my parents ever took me to see when I was, like, I don't know, one years old when it came out. Yeah. So 
probably I already have my ticket for that. I can't wait to see that. But I'm more excited to uh, see movies that kind of fly under the radar in terms of um, this movie was just outstanding. I can't think of any examples right now. Um, Because I honestly, I haven't seen as much movies as Mm -hmm. I would like to. Um, Same. (laughs) But I think think it's going to happen like that anyway, because I think with Netflix and with Hulu and with Amazon Prime, like, it's going to be, like, the best movie could come out on on Netflix and everybody can see it right away. And, you know, that's not going to play into the, 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 the box office prices or whatever. And I don't, I'm not sure if that's exactly what you meant, but I mean, you're absolutely right in terms of, I mean, with, um, Endgame, I just saw it on Saturday. Um, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was awesome. But Agreed. With all these movies, with all these movies coming out, man, yeah, it just feels like a really big year in movies, 100%. I cannot wait to see Star Wars. I am one of the few people who, uh, I liked The, the, the Last Jedi. I mean, I also have a crazy obsession with Ryan Johnson, the guy who directed and wrote it. And mm-hmm. I heard some things. I heard some things about how he just got handed the script, got handed the movie, and he asked, "Like, how you want it?" Like, how, how, he asked Disney, "Like, hey, how do you want this movie to end? Like, how do you want the series to end?" And they were like, "We don't know. Write the movie." So he kind of just did what he could. But I, I'm also I'm biased because I really like Ryan Johnson. So no, that's fine. And I also forgot. I think next month, um, Spider Man comes out, and that's one of my favorite. Um, I mean, that's Sp- he's my favorite. Spider-Man. Yeah, he's oh, sorry. No, no, it's all right. Go ahead. Yeah, Spider-Man was my favorite, uh, just like you said. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy was up there, but as far as, like, in the Marvel, like, I saw Spider-Man Homecoming, and I was like, wow. Like, that was that was so good. So I, I cannot wait for the new Spider-Man movie. No, I'm with you. Ricky, dude, thank you so much for taking all this time out, and uh, i really sorry for holding you up so long, but I just love talking to you, man, and hope to uh, have you on again soon. No, this was great. Um, I hope to come. I hope to come on again for sure. I mean, it's a lot different being on here. I mean, I get to listen to everything after you're done recording it, and uh, you, they, you're too humble, man. Like, thank you so much for letting me do this. But you know, it's all about how the audio goes into the microphone at first that makes it sound good. I just snip it together. No, I, I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much, and um, I will definitely be talking to you soon. <laughs> All right, Chris. Thank you. All right, man. So, yeah, that was uh, Ramblin' Ricky. He is our producer. He makes everything uh, sound good, man, and I really appreciate him coming on. He's a brilliant guy. He really is, and I'm sure you guys got that uh, on that interview and that discussion anyway. Um, all right, I'll be right back to wrap things up on the show. Uh, this is The Hot Tag. I'm Chrissy Francesco. I'll be right back after these words. Stand by. Welcome back, Hot Tag. Chrissy Francesco here with you. Uh, now, I, I told you guys we're going to talk a little bit of wrestling. I, I, I know I've said in the past that we're going to limit that a little bit because of everything that's going on in, the, in, in pro wrestling right now. But uh, I had to get this guy on. We've been talking the past few days. Um, I, I've known this this guy. I want to say kid, but he's a grown-ass man now. So um, I've been I've known this guy for, geez, has to be... Oh, about 15 years, 16 years, and uh, one of the biggest wrestling fans I know. Also, one of the most knowledgeable wrestling fans I know because I, I know he watches everything, not just a WWE guy. So um, he, he's also very uh, popular and known uh, throughout YouTube and through the gaming world. Um, he had a video just recently go pretty viral, which I, I will definitely ask him about. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, one of my good friends, Darren Potts. What's going on, man? 
What's up, man? How you doing, bud? Doing well, doing well. Now, uh, real quick before we get into some wrestling, um, you had a video that had that's now pushing over five million views. Um, and to this day, I just watched it again like an hour ago, and I laugh every single time. Um, now, now you do these little snippets once in a while on, on your Twitter page, and. Um, I know you can't ever expect something to hit almost 5 million views, but when did you realize that, oh my gosh, like this thing is legitimately going viral? Uh, literally probably like, uh, like three, like three hours, it like popped off. Uh, like right off the bat, it went up from like a thousand in an hour, and then all of a sudden it was getting the next like three hours. 200k 300k like just growing so i went to sleep that night and by the way, my twitter was like blowing up like i couldn't even log on to it <laughs> and all of a sudden it went from wake up i'm getting over 700 views a million and then it went to two and now it's at like, i think like 4.5 and i was in march so oh my I was getting, it was just going off and then multiple you know sources like instagram and all that were like hey can we use it Give you credit, I, you know, I was getting a lot of followers off that and stuff, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, you don't really expect anything. You don't have me high. I just make just random videos just because it's just funny, and that one just popped off, so it's, it's crazy. So when you when you get over a million or so, who reaches out to you? Does Instagram reach out to you privately? Uh, there's multiple. Like now, I see it now. There's like multiple Instagram accounts that do like memes and stuff. Uh, we'll just and hey, like hey, can we use this video for your credit? Um, you know, so you know we're not stealing it because you can. I can say, hey, I made this video. You know, I can shut it down. So now that they, you know, they there were a lot of them. Um, there's a popular uh, one called uh, Lab Bible. Yes. They're, they're like they they contacted me uh, the, the next day and say, hey, are we able to use it? You know, sign you sign like a little e-signature and saying, hey, we have, we have full, contra- full uh, credit, so you can use it. They haven't used it yet, but I mean, that's over like 14 million followers. And obviously, you know, that'd be able to just continually pop off. Yeah. But a lot of them, just, just random Instagram accounts. I've been on a couple of them on the UK, um, a little bit other ones. One of the uh, girls on the, uh, my, from high school sent me a uh, Instagram that one of the DM from a Snapchat had the video. He was like, she was like, your video's going viral. I was like, yeah, that happens when you're a celebrity. <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not like, oh, man, damn, yeah, I'm a social media guy. Yeah, I'll make all these videos. That one just got lucky. You know, a lot of, and the, someone sees it that's well known. Obviously, they're following is going to see it. So they're spreading like wildfire. Yeah. But it's a cool thing. It's just cool. Have you seen any um, dollars and cents from the video at all? No. Not, okay. not when I'm sober. Not a lick. Uh, right. They get offered for that. But I was like, I don't trust it. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not doing all that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Internet, um, internet's sneaky. So. Oh, for sure. Um, all right. Now we're going to go into some really into the weeds wrestling here. And um, th- I'm sure this is something you enjoy. So um, now we're going to go all over the place for those who are going to listen. We're, we're not going to, you know, just go in like a line here. We're just going to kind of go all over the place because that's how wrestling fans talk. I could tweet something about the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, and someone's going to comment how Chris Benoit sucks. And it's that's just the way wrestling goes, and we're just going to kind of go all over the place here. So, um, Darren, we, we've now we're a couple weeks past double or nothing, uh, and 
your what was your immediate thoughts when you first watched the, the pay-per-view and then afterwards I remember you said you watched it again and then you kind of had a different thought of it um kind of tell me what your thoughts were leading up to AEW and then after you saw it a couple times uh, well first I was I got lucky because I wasn't able to watch it uh, live because I had work mm-hmm. um, but I was able since when I got to work they were like hey we got uh, say I want to go home for voluntary uh, to leave and I was like oh uh, yeah I don't feel so good today uh, I took it went straight home and I was able to watch you know all elite I remember DMing you be asking you where's the link and you're yeah. like I bought it I was like <coughs> what <laughs> You bought this? Like, I was like, it's $60. I'm, ooh. That's like saying, hey, watch a P&A Slayer Mercury 50. That's not going to happen. <laughs> so I was like, oh, man, you you real true, uh, true fan right now. Mm-hmm. But I found a link and uh, was able to watch it. it. It felt, Chris, I'm not going to lie, it felt good to watch this. Mm-hmm. Like, I, was, I had so much goosebumps from how the fans reacted just all around. It felt like wrestling. It yeah. felt like what we were missing. Right, but at the same time, you know, when you know Moxie came out, even the whole uh, brother versus brother match, I had goosebumps. I had that emotional feeling. I was choked up by it. It just felt like I was watching something different. Mm-hmm. It made me feel like I was a wrestling fan. Like you said, you know, at the at the end when I watched it again, I had the whole different mindset. Now I've seen it. I felt as a wrestling fan. Now I'm kind of be a wrestling, you know. <laughs> fan and critique it now mm-hmm. and you can see the flaws and it felt like oh man this is this is what it's gonna be I don't know how they're gonna you know compete to WWE even though they just said they're not, they're not gonna compete there's there's competition but it's not looking good you know what I mean yeah and and you and I talked, and you know Eric Bischoff said on his re, his newest uh, podcast, eighty three weeks this past week, how he just you know he without knowing what their plans are, you know if they can't get advertising because you know WWE kind of owns the advertising on the pro wrestling end, and you know if, if AEW can't get the right advertisers, if they can't build the right storylines, if something goes wrong and they don't have a plan B or a plan C, you know Bischoff said I give that place two years tops now. I don't think that's – I think he's looking at it from a worst-case scenario, which I understand because, you know, he was – he ran his own wrestling business. So he's looking at it from a completely different mindset than we do. But, you know, you look at just the, their first show and you never get a second chance to make a first impression. So you you tell in all these press conferences and all the, the Road to Double or Nothing YouTube videos how your goal as AEW is to – do be different set yourself apart we're not going to be a competitor we're going to be an alter a, a great alternative in, in in the wrestling world to wwe um and then you go into this pay-per-view and your 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 main event is a, a rematch with a wwe guy jericho versus omega jericho wins and then at the end you have moxley Dean Ambrose coming in, beating up the WWE guy, Jericho, and then beating the crap out of Omega, the the guy who's touted to be the big star of AEW. And then before that, you had Cody Rhodes and Goldust, both, um, I guess you could say WWE products. Uh, Dustin Rhodes wasn't a huge hit in WCW before coming to the WWF. 
he is who he is because he's a Vince McMahon guy. And um, same with Cody Rhodes. Um, yet Cody goes over, the Young Bucks go over, and Jericho goes over. They just so happen to be the guys who kind of run the things, and one of them has complete creative control and makes the most money, that being Chris Jericho. So to me, Darren, and I don't know how you feel, they kind of shot themselves in the foot by – separating themselves but not separating themselves if you know what I mean where they had that chance to to create they 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 say to us all the time we're here to create stars that you might not have ever heard of well Chris Jericho is in the main event and Chris Jericho wins clean I don't know how that helps you moving forward I mean, I mean, I, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but did you get the same no, sense? It, 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 yeah, because it's like, all right, so the whole Young Bucks and Phoenix and Pentagon Jr., that was for the uh, the AAA, Lucha Libre, they're, they're the whole Mexican organization against them. Mm-hmm. Why are the Young Bucks winning, you know, still winning that match when, like you said, I, if I'm the if I am the average viewer, who in the hell is Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix? Why are these guys out amazing right now? And mm-hmm. they lost the Young Bucks. We wanted this. I, to me, a lot of it should have been if you want to do, like, you know, the bosses. That I mean, Young Bucks should have lost that one. Mm-hmm. They, they, they did, I mean, that's the Young Bucks. They do spots and makes the crowd go ooh and ah. And you saw that for about fifteen minutes on both ends. Phoenix and Pentagon are one of the most amazing wrestlers. They're rumored to be in WWE too because, you know, they've been like on the AEW. Pentagon, in general, is a solo, is amazing. He is. Moving around yep. is amazing. Mm-hmm. So when you got them in a tag team, that should have been, that should have been their championship win. That should have been it. Mm-hmm. But yet, you got, I don't know. And that's another thing too is like, if you want to make that first impression, why, why, you know, why did Kenny, Kenny lose? Why it should be? Hang, I would prefer Hangman Page versus Kenny. You got a story right there. They're best friends. You know That's what's funny? What, what made it worse for me was not only did Kenny Omega lose to a WWE guy, he proceeded to get his ass destroyed five minutes later by another WWE <laughs> guy. So, like, what's the booking? Like, what's the booking I, here? <laughs> it's for real, because now it's like, all right, well, why Why is this happening? Why, why am I getting... It's, you can have Dean versus Jericho if that's the case, but you don't, you want throw, and they've been saying it now in the press conferences after the match that Kenny, you know, Kenny and John and, and you know, you know, this whole championship ring. I'm like, I didn't hear one thing about Adam uh, with Adam Page. Right. I, mean, I, I, didn't I hear agree. One thing about that. Mm-hmm. So what's the point of you been on this bus being he beat you know, he wins the battle in the body in, and then that's it. Then that, you don't hear nothing. It's all been, it's been those those three guys in the main event. Right. Why am I not hearing about Why am I not hearing about Adam Page? And what was even worse, right, you're right. And the part about the Hangman Page thing was, out of nowhere, for some reason, Brett the Hitman Hart shows up with to introduce I know <laughs> and, and of course another wrestling organization gives him a microphone to screw up another promo no, and I I I, I face palm so hard I think I smacked my forehead I think I cut myself from smacking my I was like Jesus. he said world championship wrestling I was like yeah, man you you still got it my guy Darren Darren <laughs> 
Darren opened himself up the hard way after hearing that yeah, one. And bro, then I did the whole, I, I like stabbed myself like Vic Flair did the promo. He started <laughs> bleeding himself out. Oh my god. It's, Drop the microphone, man. Yeah, and then you bring out Hangman Page, who's, you know, to me, he's one of the biggest up-and-coming studs in the world uh, of wrestling. Yeah. And then you interrupt him with MJF, and I'm thinking, who who are you going to put over in this pay-per-view? <laughs> who, who, and what, what is going on? Seriously. That's... And it was, am- it was amazing, though. Like, I... It was... There it, it was so much things going on that pay-per-view. I was just going... Oh, that's amazing. Oh, this is crazy. Like, but now I'm looking at him like, okay, so no, there's nothing about Handman Page about the championship. You got MJF talking about him now. So we're going to have MJF versus Page at Pink Fighter Fest, which is the uh, um, CEO thing where a lot of the, the, the gaming, the street fighting game and all that, a lot of video games because Kenny Omega is involved in that. Yeah. So, you know, that doing that, you got all that. I'm like, so what are we doing here? Why why are we not talking about that, Adam Page and Championship? But yeah, we're still talking about John and Kenny and Jericho. Right. You know, it's just, it just doesn't make sense. But I'm trying, and I'm, I'm always, I think, I think you know this too, is I'm always trying to be, uh, as a fan, watching it. I don't like going in and, and like, you know, critiquing it. I'm always, I'm like, well, let's just see what, what's unfolding. Right. At the same time, I'm like, "What are we doing here?" Yeah, it puts me the new new thing, and yet we're we're getting Jericho going over in 2019 in America right now. He's wrestling in Japan against Okada. I know. He's gonna be playing for the heavyweight title. Yep. And that's a different. And I like that Jericho. That man, that Jericho in Japan is playing mind mind games and tricks. I'm getting an American Jericho over here, like I'm getting a WWE. Right. I don't want that one. I'm getting the same watered down Jericho. I I agree, and uh, it's. And then, you know, Moxie now just won the United States Championship in Japan. So. Which I, yeah, I'm watching the junior heavyweight now. I found a link on that, and I was watching that. I, was, I literally, you just called, and I was like, oh, I'll watch this later. Because I saw the, the highlights of it, I was like, I want to get involved in watching how that went out. So I'm and like, and what, I, what I don't get is how the company doesn't seem to be on the same page with things. You have one guy... And Goldust or Dustin Rhodes saying, this is the greatest moment in the history of my wrestling career, blah, blah, blah. You know, Vince, we're coming for your ass. That's great. Um, That's weird. And then you have um, Cody Rhodes saying, we're not going to we're not trying to compete. But yet the biggest part of his entrance is him grabbing a sledgehammer and smashing a Triple H throne and then not competing. And then like a week prior, Chris Jericho saying, this is a war. Like we are going to war with WWE. And then in his podcast a week later, he goes, we're just an alternative. Like what the hell is going on? And I don't, you know, everyone complains about WWE giving out scripts. Look what happens in 2019 when someone doesn't have a script. They have no idea what the hell they're doing. Are they competing? I don't know. They better get everything figured out, man, before they hit that television deal in October Mm -hmm. because now you have a a non-paying audience that's going to tune into your show expecting something different than WWE. I don't know how different it's going to be. Obviously, none of us do, but they have an uphill battle to face and that's even with WWE being as bad as they've been in you know 25 years mm-hmm. so like it's like I I should be able to tune in in October going I watched on Monday night three hours of nothing and I go and watch 
I think what uh, SmackDown's gonna be on Fridays again. I'm not yes. Now. Yep. And then what? Now AEW's supposed to be targeting Tuesdays. Two, or Tuesdays like or that. Wednesdays, I think. Yeah. So now I'm like, okay, well, I gotta sit through three hours of nothingness. Tuesday or Wednesday, I better have something to look forward to when I come home from work. Like, as the average viewer. Right. We're not getting that television like we had back in 03, not like 98, 03, 05, where it was. This is what you come home to watch. You yeah. watch your kids and yourself and go, hey, let's watch Raw. Now it's like, I should get paid to watch this because yeah. how boring it is. I, I agree, man. And it, it's it, gotten to the it, point. And, and you and you know me, like you said, I'm, I mean, I'm one of the biggest fans like in the world. So the last like three or four weeks, dude, I've come home on a Monday night and since I've met my wife, the same routine every Monday, no matter what it is, is we get everything done. As long as I'm in front of the TV at 8 o'clock for Raw. Dude, the last four weeks, man, I'm not kidding you. When Raw was about to come on, I was already planning to do something else. And my wife goes, aren't you going to watch Raw tonight? I said, I really don't want to. No. So, and for me to say that, and I'm like the biggest WWE guy in the world. And a lot of that comes off as, you know, hokey and, and, and kind of... You know, a holeish and arrogant on Twitter as I get destroyed when I when I take oh, when I talk things ripped, about bro. AEW. You get ripped. I just say, I just sit, I just grab a bag of popcorn. I'm like, I'm gonna watch this man burn. Yeah, it's, it's, it's getting ripped right now. I, uh, it's, but, that's, but that's that 35-year-old living in a basement talking. <laughs> uh, you don't know wrestling. You don't know nothing about Kenny Omega. I'm like, listen here, uh, Gregory, settle down, all right? I love how you just settle come down. up with the name Gregory. Gregory, anything. You know, right. Joshua, don't matter. Now, I remember when I went, uh, I went to Raw one night, and there was a shield. There was a guy with a CZW t-shirt talking, yelling at the wrestlers, like the Shield, you know, Seth, Roman, and all that. And he was going by his indie names. Oh, my God. Boxley, Tyler Black. I'm like, I, I, you were sitting on a chair. I can literally super kick you right now. I can reach my foot right now. I can lift my leg up and hit you in the chin. Don't, <sighs> like, this, like, separate them. It's different. There, that's, that's the guy... Like, that's the guy, like, if he went to, like, a Harry Potter festival and met Daniel Radcliffe, he goes, Harry, Harry, please take a photo with me. <laughs> like, uh, and you're like, okay, sure. Like, he just met um, Mark Hamill. Luke, Luke, please, yeah. please, Skywalker, take a photo with me. It's just, that's, it's awful. But, um, I mean, that's a 2019 wrestling fan, though. And that's, and, and then that's, I'm going to go into my last question before I talk a little bit more about you. Why are we in a stage right now, Darren, where it just seems like there's such a divide now? It's like pro wrestling has become the Republican and the Democrats, where if you love AEW, you have to hate the WWE. If you love the WWE, you have to hate AEW. Where is this coming from? Uh, those people on Twitter, those ones that sit there and, and just watch indie wrestling and old other promotions that not WWE. It's 2019. We should be more uh, angry at wrestling in general than dividing companies. Right. I, I feel the only the only thing is different is Japan and WWE. That's the only thing different. That if you put AEW, it's the same thing. It's just. One's TV 14, the other one's PG. That's the only thing that's different right now. Yeah. Once again, it's the pay-per-view. A lot of things going around. You saw there was a lot of S-bombs in the, in the pay-per-view. A lot yeah. of fingers throwing and blood everywhere. I was like, 
oh man, am I allowed to watch this? Should I ask my parents? <laughs> like I was getting nervous. I was like, there's a lot of blood around here. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's what it is. But at the same time, it's we as fans, professional wrestling fans, should be like, listen. In the next, like you look at NXT, Chris. Oh my God. Yeah. There's talented. There's there's talent everywhere. So and I'm thinking the next five years. You know, WWE in general is, is going to be the new wave. At, the, at this point, we're just seeing. Why am I seeing Shane McMahon wrestle Roman Reigns? Why yeah, is that a thing? That's that. I you think that's where a lot of the hate comes from because I think so many fans are just so frustrated with the WWE that it's just now like, all right, I'm just gonna. What's this AEW thing? I'm gonna join it, that bandwagon. The the reason I'm looking forward to being AEW successful is to let a fire under WWE. That's the only. I agree. Reason. I agree. That's, and, and I that's the only thing. I thought, and I was pushed the NXT job. Right. Because that you put, you know, put on a pedestal. I'd rather watch Takeover than WrestleMania. That's what that's as WWE saying I should be. Right. I don't need to see AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon with uh, the first match. You know that year. I'm like, why am I seeing that? I 100 percent agree with you. 100 percent agree. Um, but I mean, that was a good that was a good story because you know why it had story to it. Right. Right. And a, lot of, a lot of them now don't have a storyline. That's why I really enjoyed Cody versus Dustin because it had a storyline. Absolutely. Jer- Jericho and Omega had a storyline, but that was in Japan. Right. Going over the Japan thing. Let's change it up a little bit. Yeah, you got to have a storyline for it. But you had, but yeah, you had Kenny. Literally was depressed. Apparently, the whole storyline of Kenny was down in his butt because he lost in Japan. Now he, he he lost all you know did all this pretty much revived himself. You had Jericho going. I learned how to do a backhand elbow. <laughs> that was the only thing that he did. I trained anime. I learned to do all this stuff. I learned a backhand uh, elbow. And he called, I forget what he called, Judas something. The I was Judas like, effect. I was like, are you, you kidding me? I was upset. I was like, you got him throwing a backhand elbow. By the way, it was the last of the match. Like, looks sluggish. I hear him turn around and go, Hop! and he hit him. Yep. The whole famous Jericho scream. And I was like, and then, of course, Kenny goes, oh, 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 and just falls right down. I'm like, that's that's what Kenny trained to, to lose to. Yep. That's that's what he chose. That's what he chose. So it's uh, my now going into a little bit about you before we wrap this up, Darren, is you have a pretty big impact and a pretty big, um, you know, name in the gaming world, which is, you know, for people who still live under a rock, the gaming world is a is a just a, a billion dollar, multi-billion dollar industry where around the country, um, you know, you know, investors are, are building arenas for the gaming community. And um, that is something that I see that you kind of jumped into pretty early. Um, what do you do in, in, in that realm on, and, you know, obviously promote your YouTube channel and where are you going in the future with that? Uh, I mean, I'm not really like, well, known. I'm, I'm, I know a couple people, you know, but, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much like a YouTuber content, uh, con- content creator, you know, streaming on Twitch and all that. Uh, but yeah, you know, I me, mean, I've been doing this for a very long time. Yeah. Just how I've been, you know, me, me and Chris used to go way back on, I'm a big fan of editing. I love editing videos and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the day, me and Chris did, you know, a lot of backyard wrestling and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, we always had entrance. I was always a big fan of making entrance theme songs. And, and when I had, you know, WWE video games back in the day, I used to sit there and record with digital camera and make wrestling shows and edit them out. Uh, now I've seen it from now what it was, what, like, oh, 2006 to now yeah. 2019, how 
the gaming world is now considered a cool thing to do. Back in my day, it was like, you're a dork or you're a nerd. Mm-hmm. I'm like, now you see it now. You got like an eight-year-old being on a, a clan, and he's getting money for it just to play Fortnite. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sitting at a, at a nine-to-five job going, my life sucks, man. My yeah. life's terrible. I got a six-year-old playing Fortnite making more money than I do. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy how the gaming world is. And, I, and I'm, I'm happy to be, a, I guess, be a part of it because it's something to do. This is, this is a hobby. And then a hobby now is to just turn into a, a, a job or a, a life-changing opportunity now. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I've read that there are there are gamers out there who make seven figures just playing video yeah. games. Video games. It, it's. I mean, you, see, you look at Ninja. Ninja is one of the top gaming. He makes over, I think it was like twenty million or something like that. He makes a lot of money just because of sponsorships and all that. It's You're ins- telling me I can go home and, and sit on the on the chair and play play Fortnite for for eight hours as a job? Yeah, I'll do that. You know what I mean? And just and rack over. 50,000, almost to 100,000 viewers a night. Uh-huh. It's crazy. I mean, sign me up. <laughs> exactly. I'm in. Like, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I got to go to work today. Oh, man, what are you doing? I got to play Fortnite for eight hours. Oh, oh okay. tough life. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Your fingers <laughs> are, are, your arthritis is definitely kicking in, huh? <laughs> so, uh, Darren, real quick, what is, uh, where can people find you on social media? Where can they find you on YouTube? Uh, you can find me on myspace.com. No, I'm playing. Uh, <laughs> uh, Twitch. You can go on twitch.tv slash potty. Uh, you can go on youtube.com slash potty as well. Twitch. Uh, Twitch. Or, yeah, Twitch. YouTube. Twitter. Twi- uh, Twitter.com slash at a potty. You can look me up on there too. I'm mostly just everywhere on social media. I kind of just float around. Usually just do content creating stuff. I'm working on my YouTube channel now. It's been a while, but... But uh, with you know, with this job and everything, it's kind of like slowing down my my content creating. I'm, I want to do more what you do, like the podcast and all that. Kind of just talk about what I want to always talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I want to start doing the whole with the sports. You know, I'm a big Eagles fan, Phillies fan. When to start talking about NFL news, you know, NBA, mm-hmm. 2K, all that stuff, wrestling. So trying to get back in the in the groove of pretty much trying to bring up my uh, my name out again. I mean, I, I was doing a lot of stuff back in 2015 with Nat, and I was I was getting a lot of views, especially with W2K15, I was getting a lot of views. Kind of want to get back in that rhythm of just enjoying enjoying the time when I come home, make videos, and, and people like them. So. No, for sure. And I'm sure you'll be fantastic at it. I, I have no doubt in that. Darren, thank yeah, you. Exactly. And I'll be making more money than you. I mean, <laughs> guess what? I'm better than you, Chris. All right, and I'll make a podcast too, and I'll go through the charts. I'm, okay. Again, I I have no doubt <laughs> about <laughs> with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Darren, thank you so much for coming on, man, and talking to me. I hope to have you on again soon. Hey, no problem. I appreciate you having me. Thank All right, you. man. I'll see you. All right, that is Darren Potts. Again, you can follow him on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube. Um, So check him out there. He's a good friend of mine, loves pro wrestling, and he's great at it. So thank you so much to everybody who listened. Thank you to uh, my producer, Ricky, for one, uh, editing this show you're going to hear. And then thank you to him for coming on, talking Harry Potter with with us. Uh, And thank you so much to my illustrious wife, Morgan, for discussing film, amongst other things. Uh, We are so excited for things that are coming on the pike here for not just film but the entertainment world uh it's been another great week thank you everyone who's been t- 
turning in in droves listening to the shows, and I really do appreciate that. We're going to keep trying to pump out as much different content as possible, um, but I really appreciate that. Uh, regarding the Twitter, at CDFriend86, I will be on – I'm sorry, CDFriend24. I will – let's try my best to see what's going on for next week's show. I'll keep you guys in the loop, um, but for that – I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and weekend, uh, and I will catch you all down the road. Have a good one. Bye-bye.